Blog Talk Radio. showed up at the end of it or I would not have like remembered I I don't know how I would have done that but I was dreaming there's there's at the ocean in California there is algae a lot of algae in the water and apparently it's absorbing light and this is the short version and then um, at night it looks like fluorescent blue in the water so when the waves are coming up, we're getting this beautiful blue hue. And, you know, as I was telling people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. And I've never heard of it before. So I'm totally fascinated by this. And my daughter wrote me last night and said, you know, we're going to go to the ocean to see this fluorescent blue. And in down in Newport Beach, they were showing it like not only coming up in the waves, at the shoreline, but also in the water, like the way you would see like white caps, but you were seeing this fluorescent blue. And also that the dolphins were looking fluorescent underwater. And there was just this whole fascination with it. So last night, I'm having this dream that I'm taking, I used to teach Sunday school, and I'm taking all my kids and and pretty much everyone from the whole darn church in my car, I don't know how we all fit, but it's a dream. And we're all going to see ocean. But for whatever reason, in my dream, it wasn't nighttime. So apparently this was a trip we were taking. And somewhere in there, we saw it. That wasn't the feature of the dream, but we saw it. And then like the next morning, it was daytime again. We were coming back. We were going back, and I thought, God, this feels so good to see everybody again. Look at how big so-and-so got. Look at this, and I'm I'm fascinated. And, you know, there were people that I didn't know as well as other people, and I got to know them better. And it was just this sense of feeling and community. So something in me is really missing so much interaction. And as usual, I love to share things. So going to see that, I could see myself going to take a pack of people (laughs) to go see it. But the other part of the dream, I have a dear friend and he's um, still alive. I think he's like 93 or 94 now, but I've known him since he was, you know, 70. And just a very young 70 at the time, you would have never guessed it. And um, his wife passed away a few months ago. 
And I saw him in the dream walking towards me, younger, wearing just regular pants and dress shoes, but he had on like this beautiful green longer coat, you know, like a cashmere longer coat up to the knee and probably a suit underneath it, but another same exact color green scarf around his neck and he looked absolutely beautiful. But he was walking towards me and the only other time I saw that was when my dad, the day my dad died, although he didn't die yet, he he had um, had a hemorrhagic stroke and they were taking him to the hospital, but I knew he was gone when I was driving quickly to pick up my daughter to get her to tell her. And I was just shaking, like, you know, in the movies how people shake and, and my hands were shaking like that. But that was the only other time and that was not in a dream. So when I saw him walking towards me and he just looked so beautiful, so calm, so free, I, when I got up, I immediately checked on social media to his son's page because he, he the, Jack doesn't go to his own page. So um, I thought, wow, that was weird. That was weird. But I loved this man. Because of this man, I made cookies for everyone for like eight years at the gym every single Friday. Every single Thursday night, I baked cookies, and Friday I came with bags for everybody, all the old people, and they would wait for them. And I just knew that they did not get home-cooked anything. I mean, these guys were telling me about the deals at McDonald's, especially during Lent. They're like, wow, you can get a filet of fish for a dollar. And, you know, they would tell me all this stuff, and I'm like, that's where you're eating? But that's where they were eating, there in Denny's. And these are places, you know, they grew up with and – they don't go out, you know, you can't go out, out for every meal. And and I noticed that as people got older, they cooked less. It just was a lot for them because you have the, the preparation, the shopping, the making the food, the cleaning, the putting things away. It's, it's a job. I mean, I cook every day and sometimes all three meals. It's just that it's, it's a lot of work. It's it's time consuming and it's it's a good place to put your time, but you get tired as you get older, older, like, you know, in your seventies and middle seventies. So I did see him and that was weird for me and I will keep you posted on that. I just um said a prayer for him after that and I I don't know. It just was so crazy. So that was my dream right before waking up. And I normally don't really remember them unless there's like a little, well, like any of us, a reason to remember it. So I wanted to share that and I'll let you know. I have another dream. It's a shorty. It says, if you have time for this quick one, and it's always the quick ones, right? That, you know, I don't know how long I was dreaming this. I felt like I was collecting people all night. But then once I saw Jack, that was gone. That was all gone. So here we go. This is from Susan Ulrich, and she is in Germany right now. And if you have time for this quick one, I dreamt I accidentally burnt my beloved cat. I tried to rescue him, but he died in my arms. I fell apart over it. My dad was there to console me, and it helped me through. 
You burnt your cat, your beloved cat. And then you tried to help him. He died. And in our dreams, when somebody dies, because usually when somebody dies, you don't see them dead in the dream. Every single time somebody was leaving that I had a dream, the person was alive in my dream. And then whatever happened later. But when they actually die in your dream, that gives them, I know it sounds funny to say, but new life. It births new life. It like ends a certain period and it begins. Now, that could be to any part of your life where you've, you know that, how Christ always says, a million baby steps before one change. How did you get to today? Probably a million baby steps. And now you've, you're starting a whole new path. You're starting like at number one again. And I always goof around about that saying that Christ says, you know, every change is a million baby steps. And there's sometimes I want the change to come a lot faster. And I'm like, God, I'm only on probably 700,000. Come on, you know, I want this to keep going. So it's interesting to me that um, you had a, it's a good dream. It's, it's, you know, these sound like nightmares because I've had dreams of people dying that I love and then I wake up and I say, oh, but that that's turning over. That's a new phase, a new part of life. And thank God when I was younger, prior to me doing our dreams and actually by doing them, learning more and more about how they work, but my mom used to tell me that when I was younger, because I would get scared if I dreamed anybody died. And it was always obviously people or, or pets that we loved because that's what's in our psyche. And she would tell me, oh, no, no, don't be scared of those dreams. Those dreams are good dreams. That gives them more life in her way of translating Arabic to English. And so I never did get scared of them. And she had some good ones. She had another good one that I'll share with you. You know how when you break something, and you're like, oh, my God, I just broke that vase or I broke that dish or, oh, how did I break that? And you're like, you know, trying to figure all that out. Well, we never got in trouble for breaking anything. Then most of the time when we break something, obviously, it's accidental. It's not like the movies where you pick up a vase and throw it across the room and it hits the wall and splatters. But when you actually drop a cup or a dish or whatever, and we never got in trouble for that. And she would say this Arabic term, which means whatever was behind you is now gone. So maybe her way of a million baby steps. But when you break something, it brings something good behind it. So because she looked at it differently, which was interesting, it wasn't ever a problem when something broke. It wasn't like, oh, that was the last dish to the set, or that's the first dish that broke in the set, or whatever it is. She always felt these certain super superstitions, but they weren't scary ones. She had a couple that were not good, and one of them included where you can't sweep after dark or vacuum after dark. And I'm like, Mom, they didn't even have vacuum cleaners probably when this started. How did we add the vacuum cleaner? And I remember after I got married and I moved to California, I called her and I I knew it was dark by her, but it wasn't dark yet by me. And I said, look, I'm vacuuming and it's dark by you, but it's not dark by me, Mom. So I guess it doesn't apply. 
and and trying to show her that you know that didn't work but um she didn't buy it and she didn't care that was just the way it was but that's your dream there is newness coming there is new life coming and whatever was going on it it's concluded And in our dream, thank God you fell apart over it because it's showing how much you love, how much you care. But the biggest part of your dream, and I I have to say it because it's so obvious, is that you tried to rescue him, but he died. You gave it your best shot. You did what you would do. And then it hurt. But the best part was that your dad helped you that he consoled you because deep, deep down inside, no matter how much you agree or disagree with your parents, you know that no matter what, they will be there for you. They will be there for you. That's not an easy one to just have. So when you get that, because we all know it, we all know if we go, But your deepest, the deepest part of your core, I don't care how much you fight them, I don't care how much you go there and sometimes people think people are there for them and then they find out they're not, but your parents are. They may not be perfect because I haven't met perfect yet, whatever that means. They may not be what we want them to be. But we may not be what they want us to be either. So we got to be fair in our thinking. But deep, deep down inside, you know. That's what we call a knowing, right? Those are the deepest part of what we believe, part of what we believe. And sometimes you may get that kind of dream with somebody outside of your family, and you'll be wondering, well, wow, why did I dream that? But a lot of times when truth is like, I don't know how to say, like the end all, when that person is honest with you, and you may not even like the honesty or the level of honesty that they're sharing with you, but yet inside you know it's true. Like somebody may tell you, You may be real excited about a new partner and you go around and introduce this partner to everybody and you get that feeling like, whoa, nobody thinks what I think about this person. Why? And then you get this like now you're trying to prove that this person's okay for you. It might not be that the person is good or bad. That's separate. But whether or not they are right for you, whether or not they are right for you and then you go home and you know a few weeks later you start dreaming you start having dreams and they don't include the person you chose or that you're with they may include somebody else or someone you can't name and that's telling you deep deep down inside the connection just isn't the kind of connection you need in your life but it's it's a teacher not a destination 
And I hate that feeling because I got it once when I was dating someone. I knew. Actually, it happened a couple times. And I didn't want to know. And I wanted to change the truth. But one night I was sleeping and I had a dream that literally woke me up. I shot up in bed. And I was like, they ain't here. I'm not, I can't stay in this relationship. And then when I woke up in the morning, I fought it. It was funny. Because, you know, when we're younger, we, we can come up with some really good reasons why we should do stuff that isn't right for us. But your dream, and I'm going to read it one more time. If you had time for this quick one, I dreamt I accidentally burnt my beloved cat. I tried to rescue him, but he died in my arms. I fell apart over it. You were able to handle it. And basically, it was a conclusionary part of your dream. But the part of knowing you are loved, that strength is something you will never lose. You will have it even after parents are gone. You will have it no matter where you are in life, you will go back to, I was really loved, and that's what it feels like. Love isn't perfect, but it is pure. Another thing Christ kept saying to me, especially in the beginning, because there's this perception that Christ is so perfect. And he was perfect in love. So when he said, I was not perfect, but I was pure, The purity is the perfection because we cannot give to each other more than pure. That's our best. Even if the information we give may not be 100% correct, but we think it is, and then we share it with, with all of our gusto, that person will receive it with the love Because that love is your best. And a lot of times when we've shared information that may not be correct, but we gave it with love, we have no problem going back and saying things like, hey, you know what, I told you this, and it wasn't necessarily true, but I thought it was. I'm sorry, but this is what I found out it was. And it's not even a, oh, well, you were wrong conversation, because love doesn't speak that way. I happen to know from Susan, because I I met Susan twice, for those of you who are new listeners, at my summits. And one time she stayed even longer, so I saw her more frequently. And she writes me a lot, especially when she was beginning to sort all these things out, and it came out in a bunch of her dreams that we have done over the years. But this dream is your biggest dream, your little quick one. That's why I wanted to read it again. If you have time for this quick one, because it's always these little ones that tell you so much. The longer drawn out dreams that we have that have this detail here and this detail here and we're trying to put it together, those are dreams that are trying to answer all of the stuff that's going on in your head and giving it like kind of it sorts it out. It's almost like when Christ says, 
And I'm quoting Christ a lot today, but boy, he's just, you know, in the house. I always say that around the house. Oh, Christ in the house today. But um, he always says that when you want to organize your mind, clean something. That's one way during the day to organize your thoughts. If you ever feel scrambled or you feel like, you know, you can't kind of gain focus, go find something and clean it because it takes, it's like a mindless task and then your mind, you're out of the way of your mind and then your mind can do its work. And then when we sleep, it happens as well because we are out of the way of our own mind and then our mind can work, which is why our dreams when we remember them, we remember them in such detail or we just like don't remember them at all. But yet we wake up and we're like, wow, that was a good night's sleep. And then our brain starts going back into this life and figuring out, oh, wait, this is where I was at yesterday. This is where I'm at today. And this is how I'm going to bounce off today. And this is just how I feel. And we go through all of that. But these are the deepest, corest feelings, why these are the biggest dreams. You have death and you have accepting of love from your family. You're accepting it. You're saying, okay, I, I can let you love me now. I can let you love me now and I will accept help from you instead of fight you. I trust you enough now to let my defenses down and to work in tandem with you instead of trying to prove to you that I can be successful without you or that I don't need you because all of that is injured love. That's how injured love talks. I'll show them. I don't need them. I won't show them that I care. They don't do this for me, so I'm not going to do this back for them. That's how injured love talks. That's how injured love speaks. But your dream was speaking in love. Real feelings, real situations, real conclusions, and then real acceptances. Even admitting for that split second in your dream that he helped you to receive means that you will be even a better giver in your life because you will understand why you're giving. A lot of times we think that wow, I did this for them, and then I did that for them, and we have this whole laundry list of everything we've done, and what did they give me back? Expectation. That's ego's one of ego's best tricks, is to make you think that you have been overlooked, nobody cares about you. And that's not the other person's issue at all. They, they have to live their own life your issue pretend it's somebody else's issue and then we create a reason why we should feel sorry for ourselves again ego because now it takes you to step two right first red flag nobody cares about me 
Second one is this bear. What do I do about it? Oh, this happens to me all the time, which isn't true. But we say that all the time. It's never all the time, and it's never, never. We're going to get sometimes people who don't care about us, but they may not be the people we actually need to care about us. So why are we focusing on that? And it keeps bringing us back to self-accounting. But if we don't believe it, then it takes us a step further. Well, now that I've convinced myself that nobody cares, what should I do to myself? Well, I'll show them what they've missed. And, and, you know, it just goes on and on. It goes down this pike until it gets you to where you want to do something to yourself to show the world how hurt you are. And that's all avoiding addressing your hurt. That's letting your hurt lead you to full despair, which is where ego takes us. Here we're talking about where love is taking us. So if there's anything you take out of this today, have a talk with yourself about how from today on forward, since you know the mechanism is there, that you will address your family with love. Because that's all any of you need. You don't need to do anything for each other for it. It is already there. And love does listen. It's injured love that keeps fighting. And boy, it fights hard. Injured love wants to put everything in its place, everyone in its place. It wants to scream, shout, bang, and make all the noise that it can. But love doesn't do that. That's why we can't define love, because love is the simple thing, the quiet thing, the reassuring thing, the thing that we know but don't recognize because it's so simple that we overlook it looking for it. But it's the knowing that love is there. Knowing the difference. There's people we love that we, sometimes we don't want to love. We're like, why do I love them? How do I deal with that? But it just never goes away. That's how. And you could pick up where you left off, and if you didn't address everything, it's not a whole conversation about how you were negligent. That doesn't happen with love. So an example of that would be dad comes to you and says, wow, Susan, we have not seen you for a while. Where have you been? Instead of being defensive, like, well, I was busy. You know, I get busy. You know, I have a lot to do. And you start naming it all. Or you say, yes, I know. I've missed you in that time. I've had a lot to do, but I feel like I've caught up now, and now I can enjoy my visit. Much different response to the same question. Because when we receive it with defense, we're saying my love isn't, isn't cleaned up yet towards you. And when we respond in just whatever the truth is, like, yeah, I know. I really have missed you. You're acknowledging what they're acknowledging. Like, wow, we haven't seen you. If they didn't care about you, 
or want to see you, they would not have said that, right? And if you weren't urgent or, or injured, you would have answered in kind. And when we are injured, we answer in defense because we need to protect our injury because we've invested a lot in that injury. It's an interesting thing, but I I can't tell you how much this dream, and when you listen to this, it's one of those days where you call mom and dad and just say, I love you. Don't try to, you don't need to do anything else. Just like, hey, I really love you guys. It will mean the world to them that they have done their job, and that is to bring you to a place of understanding the circle of life and that they've just done their best. It's all they could give you. They're not perfect, but they are pure. So thank you for your dream. You guys, it's already over. I will see you tomorrow on Questions Friday. Have a great Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.